Be sure to, you may be seated, be sure to uh, thank Susan Knieven, a member here who put that together um, herself. Um, and uh, just a little conversation or two about you know, what does the resurrection mean and to someone with real gifts and abilities and the power of the Spirit within them and look what uh, we receive. Yeah. And what I hope you, you captured in that visual expression, that artistic display is all that the disciples, those gathered at the resurrection would have, would have felt. Did, did, did catch the, the emotional, the intellectual, the physical, the spiritual world that they found themselves in, in response to Jesus' resurrection. I mean, if we can begin to fathom what we would have felt or done in their place, the, the uncertainty. I mean, he was dead, they saw him dead, and now he's alive. Everything gets turned upside down. I mean, everything is different than what they had thought. Everything is new. Everything indeed is possible if the resurrection is real. Let's recount the story once again. The familiar story of the resurrection of Jesus. We'll we'll do so from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, and then 36 through 49. Hear and and catch again the the reaction of those that were around them. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for this marvelous day. An an event that is the, the pinnacle of all of creation beyond our capabilities to grasp. We pray in your spirit, even though we don't understand its power and its significance, the power of your spirit through your written word, you will enable us to live it. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Chapter 24 of Luke, verse 1, page 860 in your pew Bible. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the man said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. 
In returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with him who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up, ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Verse 36. While they were talking about this, it's the disciples, while the disciples were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he'd said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their mind to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the reading of God's holy word. Thanks be to God. The resurrection turns everything upside down. I mean, the, the disciples were, and the, the women with them, were perplexed. They were terrified. They, they bowed their faces. This was an idle tale. They did not believe them. Peter, running to the tomb, didn't believe them, but amazed at the sight. Jesus, recognizing that they were so unsettled, peace be with you. And yet, even seeing Jesus, they were startled and and terrified, frightened. Doubts were rising up within them. And then the great phrase in verse 41, in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. I mean, they were truly in a whirl. They were totally unsettled by this resurrection because the reality of it turned their world upside down. You know, there are stories in World War II and the liberation of some of the prison camps that the, the prisoners who had been in the prison camp when, when, when the forces came and liberated them and they, they, they 
tore the fences down. They removed the shackles. They unlocked the locks. They, they let them all go. That there were some of the prisoners that just kept the same schedule they'd always had. They, they, they stayed in the same bed. They, they, they went to the cafeteria at the same time and they work, went to the work site. Because it was too much. They couldn't grasp such a radical freedom. It was impossible for them to get it. I had a friend, Bill. Bill had got drunk one night. was driving home. Hit another car. Killed a 19-year-old woman. Bill was on a technicality set free. The judicial system got caught on a technicality, so he had to spend no time behind bars. Bill didn't know what to do. What what he deserved, he didn't get. What he didn't deserve, he got. He had to spend years in counseling. We met regularly to talk about the power of the resurrection that turns life upside down. See, resurrection, the power of resurrection frees us from the guilt and shame and power of sin. The power of resurrection resets everything. Not just with me and God, but with me and you, with you and you, with me and me, with you and me and the whole world. The power of resurrection resets everything. Indeed, if Jesus really rose from the dead, if He showed up in front of the disciples, then they know, they knew in that moment that peace was indeed possible. That love was indeed possible. That indeed everything was possible. Wolfhart Pannenberg A German theologian says it well, if not understated, which a German theologian should be understated. The evidence for Jesus' resurrection is so strong that nobody would question it except for two things. First, it is a very unusual event. And second, if you believe it happened, you have to change the way you live. Because if the resurrection happened, there is no such thing as the finality of death. We have to redefine death. If the resurrection really happened, it no longer is the end. The death of anything isn't the end in Christ. The resurrection doesn't just lead us into how we die. It leads us into how we live. 
If indeed the resurrection is real, then God is capable of bringing life out of death. He is capable of bringing good out of what is evil. He is capable of bringing that which is beautiful out of that which is ugly. If indeed the resurrection is possible, we never, never, never have the option of giving up hope. If indeed the resurrection is true. That's why the Presbyterian church and in others, we don't call the occasion of someone's death a funeral. We call it a celebration of the resurrection. It leads us not only in how we die, but it leads us then into how we live. I'm wondering for you personally, for some here now, that you're in the midst of a death. Not the death of your physical body, even though it may be that, but the death of a dream, the death of a hope, the, the death of a plan. For those of you that are, that are younger, this is the season of receiving application responses from colleges. And you get the thin envelope or you get the thick one. And it may just be that you've had a dream that's died because you got the thin envelope. For those of you that don't remember, that means you got the rejection letter. It's also the season of proms, the times when relationships begin to form and you may have a dream of a particular individual that is the dream of your heart, but that individual is going with somebody else to the prom. And for you, that's a death. Maybe that your, your death is one that has impacted by the economic crisis of our day. Maybe a job that is lost. Maybe a, a salary that is cut. Maybe a season of life where your health is in decline. Maybe a relationship that is soured and you are experiencing a death. In Christ, if the resurrection is true, death, as real as it may feel and seem, as real as it seemed and was to Jesus, God is able to bring life out of death. The power of the resurrection, wherever you are, whatever has died within you, The reality of the risen Lord is able to bring life from there. As a congregation, next Sunday, we, we uh, take a vote on the discerning about the in-depth exploration of possibly joining in ministry with Winton Hills Community Church. And for some, somebody, 
the result of that vote will be a death. If the congregation discerns God is leading us towards further exploration, for some that will be a death. A wrong decision to the detriment of the church. Or if the congregation discerns the other, that it, it, it is not time to move forward with a continued exploration of that possible joining of ministry. For some, that will be a death. For it will be that the congregation has made a fatal error in their mind. It doesn't matter what the decision is. For some, it will be a death. Let me remind you, God specializes in bringing life out of death. If the power of the resurrection is true and real, death has been redefined. Death is no longer an end. I mean, is there any death that we could experience that is greater than the power of the resurrection? Is there any death, any loss, any pain, any destruction that we could experience that is greater than the power of the resurrection? No. The resurrection resets everything. It brings life out of death. It makes the impossible possible. And consider the last three days. What has gone right for Jesus just prior to Easter morning? The crowds that He fed the crowds that saw His healings, the crowds that saw Him even raise people from the dead, turned on Him. Went from yelling Hosanna just seven days ago to on Friday yelling, Crucify Him! Judas, one of the inner twelve one of the twelve that he'd poured his adult life into for three years, walking with him, training, teaching, ministering with him, sending him out in ministry. Judas, on just Thursday, succumbed to the temptation of Satan and sold him out for 30 pieces of silver in the kiss of betrayal. And then, just Friday, after the, the court had condemned him, trumped up charges, one of the inner three, one of his closest confidants, denied him to his face. Peter ran after his denial. Physically, emotionally abused, greater than we can even imagine. Again, is there any death that is greater than the power of the resurrection? No! 
There isn't. Because it was after this death of the perfect one, of God the Son, the one who came to bring salvation, who was denied, who was abused physically and emotionally, hung out like a violent criminal, humiliated before the world. It was in that death that God brought life out of. It was in that terrible, ugly situation that God made beautiful. Is there any death that we can face that God is not capable of bringing life power of the resurrection resets everything. Friends, that is good news. That is good news for us. That is good news not only for us individually, but for us. Not only for you singularly, but for y'all. For all of us as a people. You know, when I came here a little over two years ago, I had two pastors that knew of College Hill Church and knew what had gone on here in the last 15 years. And you know what? They told me to think twice before coming. Because they said, I don't think they can survive all they've been through in the last 10 years. I had another tell me after I arrived. You know, this jubilee vision that you have, connecting, serving, celebrating, that the the church has gathered around, that's absolutely crazy. That's what he said. It's impossible. It's impossible to carry that out. You know, as I reflected over that and reflected over the power of the resurrection, I thought, you know, that's exactly why I'm here. I don't want to go to a place where, yeah, I can see how it can work. I want to go to a place where people say, the only way that's going to work is if the power of the resurrection is alive. If the resurrection is real, that's where I want to go. I want to go to a place where we want to be a church without walls and there's no way we're going to be a church without walls unless God destroys the walls and unless the power of the resurrection enlivens us to walk across them. Church without walls, connecting with one another in reconciling relationships across race, economics, and generation. Tell that to people and they look at me. Are you crazy? Yeah. Because we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the reconciliation of the cross. We believe the power of the resurrection makes the impossible possible. And we can believe, we believe it can happen. Matter of fact, we're betting our lives on it. That we can be a church without walls. Without walls between one another. Old, young, black, white, rich, poor, Democrat, Republican, and independent. We can be one, united in Christ, because the power of the resurrection is greater than all of those social constructs combined. That's what we believe. And that doesn't even happen in my house. 
Yeah, we got five of us there, and we're arguing with each other. You're wearing that today? Oh, man, that looks terrible. You call that music? Oh, man, that stuff's going to put me to sleep. What are you putting on your food? Those are the kind of conversations we have in the Smith household. No, we don't believe that the unity, the power of the resurrection is just a nice spiritual unity. That has a nice ring to it. Looks good on a picture. We believe the power of the resurrection makes, destroys all the walls that we have constructed as humans. And that our unity has a real lasting expression in our lives. See, the resurrection is real in our lives and we're determined to show it to the world. Today, today, the greatest proof of the resurrection is not an empty tomb because we can't agree on which tomb is the real tomb. Today, the greatest proof of a resurrection is a group of people who believe it and live it. And that's what we're committed to be because we believe the resurrection can make what is impossible, possible. We're determined to serve the world according to the sacrificial character of Christ. Some of you are like, whoa, wait a minute, did we really agree to that? Yeah. So Jesus invites us to, every time we read the scriptures, to take up our cross daily and follow him. And there's no way. You can hear the naysayers. No way you're going to get a group of people to sacrificially give of their lives in order to, to serve their neighbors, their community, their city, and their world. No way. People just too stuck in their ways. People too caught up in consumerism and vacations. I mean, this is America. I mean, come on. We spend more money on entertainment than most other human beings spend on food. No way. No way that's going to happen. Well, it just takes a seed just takes a seed of faith. Like Peter. Remember Peter? Yeah, he's at, at the end of uh, verse 12. You know, the women come, they tell the story. That's an idle tale. I don't believe it. Yeah, but there's a seed of faith in Peter because what did he do? He ran to the tomb. Yeah, this is crazy. There's no way this could happen. But we're running to the tomb. We're running to the tomb like Peter and we're seeing the tomb is empty. And we're amazed. Just like Peter. We're amazed. That resurrection can reset everything. Resurrection can make that which is impossible, possible. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate what God has done, is doing, and will do. Hear the naysayers? No, you won't. You'll be too caught up in trying to do the other stuff. You're never going to get past connecting with one another, let alone serving. So celebrating is no way you're going to do that. No, we will celebrate. Because did you notice, we, we celebrate not what we do. We celebrate what God already has done, is doing, and will do. We don't celebrate what we've accomplished. We celebrate what God has accomplished. And friends, we are already reconciled with God and one another in the eyes of heaven. 
We are already made servants in the power of the Spirit. And we gathered this morning celebrating the power of the resurrection, the love of Jesus Christ who was willing to die for us and be raised to life to lead us. The resurrection resets everything no matter what. And we are determined to live according to the power of the resurrection, to be a church that is sold out for God's kingdom, God's way of life, as crazy as it is. As disbelieving as we are, the resurrection makes everything possible in Christ. And we're committed not just to die believing it, but to live believing it. Steve Hayner is a professor of evangelism and church growth at Columbia Theological Seminary, Presbyterian school just outside of Atlanta. He told uh, me this story at a Four years ago, at a um, consortium of uh, ministers, Steve Hayner was the president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, you know, that uh, college organization. He was then on the board of World Vision, still serving on the board of World Vision, Presbyterian uh, minister. And he uh, talked about a trip to Rwanda. And uh, shared a story of a, a woman, I um, can't pronounce her African name, but they call her Mama Grace. And, and during the, the genocide in Rwanda, Mama Grace saw the slaughter of 30 members of her family in her front yard. And she was left for dead after being brutalized in every way you can think that a crazed group of men would brutalize a defenseless woman. But she survived. She saw it all, felt it all, and survived. Today, she's unable to have children herself because of the brutality upon her. After a number of operations, things are working well in her physical body. And today, Mama Grace, unable to have children of her own, she runs an orphanage for hundreds of Rwandan children whose parents were killed in the genocide. And Dr. Hayner, having a conversation with Mama Grace, said, now, how did you do that? How, how could that be possible? And Mama Grace turned to Dr. Hayner and said, take this word home with you. Take this word home with you. Tell everyone you can that I have been to the pit of hell. But 
God's grace is sufficient. I have been to the pit of hell, but the power of the resurrection rules and reigns even there. In the power of the resurrection, Mama Grace has no walls. No walls with God, no walls with anyone. Is committed to serving the world in the character of Christ and celebrates every day the love of God. That, my brothers and sisters, is the power of the resurrection that is true for us also. Amen.